This is episode 251 of Wellness Force Radio, a best of the best top eight shows of 2018, where we discover the physical and emotional intelligence to live life well. In this episode, we bring you the top eight shows of 2018. These are the hand-curated, hand-picked ones by the Wellness Force team based on the downloads, reviews, and shares across the web. So if you're brand new to Wellness Force Radio, welcome. This is a perfect episode for you to dig deeper into this physical and emotional intelligence we're all discovering here together. This is a special time of year, especially when we look back on all the growth lessons. We get to look back at the hardships, how bleeding gratitude through the sword of adversity has actually forged us into a true wellness warrior, someone that our friends and family and community looks to for a narrative of truth about this physical and emotional intelligence we're discovering here every single week. And this week, I'm giving away gifts. Well, because number one, I love and appreciate you, the time and energy you spend with us here in this community on this podcast together. And number two, I just like to give away free stuff. (laughs) It's way more fun to give away free stuff. Now, to receive, all you have to do for this 90-day supply of Organifi red, green, and gold juice bundle, this is gonna kick off your new year right. All you have to do is leave a five-star review for the podcast, which is super easy. Just tap your show notes right now on your iPhone or Android and hit the button in purple that says review this podcast. Or you can head right over to wellnessforce.com forward slash review. You can also go to today's show notes. The show notes for this podcast are wellnessforce.com forward slash 251. And click the link right there. There's a video that'll actually show you how to leave a review for the podcast. But here's the kicker. You have to leave a review before 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time on January 1, 2019. That sounds crazy to say, doesn't it? Uh, 010119? (laughs) It's 2019, people. Anyways, make sure you go over to wellnessforce.com forward slash review. You can leave a review from your phone or head over to the show notes, wellnessforce.com forward slash 251, and you'll be entered to win. I'll announce the winner and give away the 90-day supply on January 1st. Now, before we get into this best of the best podcast, I'm stoked for you to hear this. Make sure you check out the show notes page. There's all the links and resources where you can get free access to our Wellness Warrior VIP Club, which we're going to be exploding in 2019. And also make sure you follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Wellness Force everywhere. We're going to be doubling and tripling our audience next year. So be a part of the growth and this movement, this wave here with us on Wellness Force. And lastly, let me speak from the heart. I do this podcast, this three and a half year mission that we've been on. It's a well that goes very deep for me where I speak to you actually from Thailand, recording this on Copenhagen Island, almost ready to go into a deep intensive Soma breath work. And I want to let you know if you've been stressed, if you had a rough year, 2019 is the year for breath. Mark my words, breath work will become one of the top queries in wellness for 2019. And I'm super excited to be able to include this dynamic breathwork, this Soma breathwork into our M21 guide. This is a free guide you can get. It's 21 minutes, six very high-level science-based practices that are easy. I promise you can do them every single day. You can do this to kick off your 2019. Just go to wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. You get your seven-day breathwork challenge with a guided daily practice from myself and an explainer audio that you can use to start embodying this power of an ancient technology that we're doing all day long, and that is the breath. So head to wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. Pick up this free guide. I promise you it will help you. 
and let me know how you did. Josh at wellnessforce.com. I want to know if you have any questions about the M21. Now, this is it, my friend, the top eight shows of the year. This podcast is brought to you by our complete badass, and I do mean badass sponsor, Organifi. They've created Organifi Red, Green, and Gold Juice in this Wellness Force bundle that we talk about on the show so much, this high-powered micronutrient delivery system made from the plants, which, by the way, all great things happen with these smart plants. But these plant compounds are called adaptogens. They're different. They work their way into the mitochondria. And a really cool metaphor, actually, to describe adaptogens is they plug holes that need plugging and they apply fuel where it's needed the most. This is the type of energy we can have every single day for less than a few bucks a day from the inside out. So instead of the afternoon, the 3 p.m. anti-crash coffee that makes you not sleep really well, which then shows up in your aura ring data stop that. Do this instead. Just take a deep breath. Give yourself a break. You get to have breaks in 2019. 2019 is a year of you getting more breaks. And it doesn't have to be so hard anymore. You're calling in this energy from the inside out. And it begins with the water you drink and the food you eat. So these micronutrients are going to bring it home for you and give you exactly what you deserve by heading over to Organifi.com forward slash wellness force. Use code wellness force. You get a big two zero bulk discount, 20% off your wellness force bundle, the red, green, and gold juice. Again, that's wellness force code for 20% off over at Organifi.com forward slash wellness force. You won't find a bigger discount anywhere else. So hop over to Organifi.com forward slash wellness force today. I know it's been a big and challenging year for so many people. This year, I've credited as the ultimate teacher. Some of the most challenging and harrowing experiences, nearly dying on a mountain, but then also being reborn in a way and finding a deeper calling to the breath and just this unfolding radical curiosity that I still have, and I know you do, for the physical and emotional intelligence. We need to live our lives well. So I'd like to be the first one to say, Peace out 2018. (laughs) 2019, we're ready for you. We're breathing deep. We're leading with our hearts. We're training our body and mind to withstand the demands of the modern world with a very special ingredient that the world is lacking and that we get to be the harbingers of. And that's more love and less lies because love speaks the truth. And for this first clip, number one with Dr. Courtney Warren, episode 177, Honest Liars, The Psychology of Self-Deception. We are exploring this, the emotional inventory and the science behind self-deception. Make sure you go to episode 177 to hear the full show. In an essence, psychology is the study of human nature. It's the study of who we are, what makes us uniquely human. And the reality is that if you don't deal with who you are and look in the mirror, truly look in the mirror at who you are, how you act, how you feel, it's going to manifest all over your life in very, very dysfunctional ways. And so that quote by Freud just exemplifies that for me. I almost heard something in echo of this from Jacqueline, where he talked about, you know, your body and your health is a bank account. If you don't deal with it, it's going to come back later with interest. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it's the same thing with emotions. Mm -hmm. You know, I spend the first 10 years of my life experiencing and learning what I think reality is. Mm -hmm. And then I spend the rest of my adult life actually learning what reality is. What are your thoughts about that paradigm? I think that life is a journey and the learning never ends. And what we strive for as humans is to be as honest with ourselves given the information that we have today. And that as you go through your life, when that information changes, 
you shift your reality and that that's really as good as it's going to get. The times when I worry most about people or the times when you will end up in my office and we will have those really painful, you're in a fetal position moments, those times in your life where you feel like you're drowning and you're in a black hole. Yeah. Oftentimes it's because you have lived your life and come to a place where you see how you lied to yourself and it's now full frontal in your face and you're confronted with a choice. Are you going to stay the same because it costs a lot to change or are you going to do something differently? And the biggest predictor of change is misery. So when do I know someone's most likely to change? When they can't stand living their life the way it is today. And that is when people will say, you're right. I have to live my life differently because this is not fulfilling. It's this deep, dark contrast that, you know, happens for us. This is this mindset of like, oh, my gosh, these things happen to us. This moment for some people where they have um, a loved one that they lose or they mm -hmm. get in a major car crash or an mm -hmm. injury or whatever it is. It can be a phase of teetering and tottering and figuring out what the hell is going on mm -hmm. when these events happen for us. A lot of times it's how people respond to these cataclysmic events. How do you describe the mindset when somebody's going through a crazy threshold like losing someone they love? Mm -hmm. How does that relate to how they see the world after that? What's a healthy way that someone can rebound and actually tell themselves the truth that that event was neutral mm -hmm. and it happened for them to learn something mm -hmm. and that they don't have to be a victim? I always think that the world gives you information about yourself, no matter what the situation is. And we all as humans will live through some very painful life experiences. It's going to happen. Bad things happen to great people regularly. Yeah. So your reality is this. This external tragedy happened. This catastrophic event happened. Now, who do I want to be? How am I going to respond to this in a way that leaves me feeling good about who I am and the life that I'm going to live. Because there are many times where we can't change external circumstances or people. I see people try to do it all the time. Oh, I'm gonna change, I'll be happier if my spouse is this way. I'll be happier when I make $10,000 a year more. When my I'll body looks a certain way. When I'm five pounds lighter, yeah. then my life will be perfect. And that is a lie. All of those are lies. Until you can come to a place where you say, this is the reality today. How am I going to embrace this reality today in a way where I feel good about myself? That's the question you need to focus on as a person. Our next guest is Dr. Michael Gervais, a licensed psychologist, co-founder of Compete to Create and podcast host of Finding Mastery. Dr. Michael Gervais will teach us how to unlock the center of our mastery through self-expression, inner work, and gratitude. Make sure you head to episode 201 to hear the entire podcast with Michael Gervais. Authenticity and being truthful about your experiences and what you know and what you don't know and what you care about and what you're confused by. And, you know, so an authentic expression of oneself is uh, right at the center of what mastery looks like and feels like. And that is available to all of us, but it requires an inward journey. There's a real journey that's required to get to the core insights of what makes you, you, and fulfillment, and peace, and happiness, and contentment, and joy, and high performance all happen in the present moment. Yeah. And so conditioning our minds to be in the present moment every day, and then you know, eventually that skill of being present turns into the state of being aware, you know? so skill to state. And then when you have the state long enough, it ev eventually turns into a trait. And so that's like 
where it really gets good. This is the true practice of mm-hmm. mindfulness. You describe mindfulness as really being in the present moment without judgment. I love that so much. Mm-hmm. It's, well, not, it's not it's not mine, but yeah, yes, that's well, a well accepted. It sounded great coming out of your mouth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. where, where did you come across that, and and what do you want people to feel when they hear that? I'm not sure. I want them to feel anything with that. I want them. Uh, actually, I, I. It's a great question. And I don't have an answer for you because I've never thought about it, right? So when I describe mindfulness, I will say this, is that what's hard about it is that it's invisible. And Cat Stevens is a beautiful poet and author and musician. And Cat Stevens says a line that I just think rings so true, is he says, I listen to my words and they fall far below. So trying to articulate what mindfulness is is nearly impossible for me. And so when I give a definition, it's just to give some mechanics and some words to something that is available to all of us, but it really is the experience and the embodiment, to use a little bit more tangible words, of being complete and connected to this moment. And so I don't know. If we're not careful, it sounds really trite. <laughs> if sure. we're not careful, it sounds so mystic. Yes. But you know, the concreteness of it once you experience it is uh, uh, speaks for itself. One of the powerful things you said during the Q and A's, you said, "Very first, I'm a spiritual man," mm. which which hit me and it made me take a breath. And I thought, how do we blend this? How do we blend practicality with spirituality in mm-hmm. this world right now? Well, I mean, that's a really thoughtful question. I I say that because undergrad psychology, master's degree kinesiology, what's now known as sports science, back to a PhD in psychology, licensed as a psychologist. So I've got the, you know, the real appreciation for the value of science. And so much so that Coach Carroll, my business partner, Coach Carroll's the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks, and he and I fired up a business together about taking his insights on how he's organized cultures to become alive. And then my insights about how to train the minds of people that want to be great. And one plus one his insights and my insights together turned in not two, but like 11. <laughs> and so it's working. And we've been sharing those practices with businesses. And then we built a, with um, uh, at USC School of Marshall, University of Southern California at the School of Marshall, the Performance Science Institute, which is a whole institute to measure, to understand, to really get deep into the weeds about what does it mean to be human and perform to our optimal levels. And so we've got a full institute with, with the support of USC that we're right in the fledging of right now. So it's phenomenal. So to answer your question, I don't know, it's hard. It's really hard. You know, <laughs> yeah. where's that intersection nexus between science and spirituality? I think that if I had the answer, I'd, you know, <laughs> I'd appreciate it, but I don't. <laughs> you quite possibly could be levitating as well. <laughs> no. uh, our next guest is Peter Sage, a international speaker, entrepreneur, and author of the inside track. Peter has a phenomenal speaking presence and he has taught various entrepreneurs from different backgrounds about consciousness and the art of surrender. I think this is going to be one of the most powerful clips you've heard this year on this concept of the art of surrender. Do not miss this full podcast. Make sure you go to episode 245 for the full show with Peter Sage. Surrendering, this skill of surrendering. Can we talk about this as it relates to being an entrepreneur? And by the way, I feel like being an entrepreneur is just a man or woman that that's a, that has the ability to take risk. Uh, how does that surrendering piece of emotional intelligence play into life? And, and how did you come up with this surrendering metaphor? Well, uh, 
there's several different aspects to that. And when it comes to taking risk, I think uh, the way that I phrase that is the the ability to handle uncertainty because some people are not entrepreneurs but are forced to take risks. It still doesn't make them an entrepreneur. It makes them somebody that's been forced into a position where they've got to do something that they didn't want to do. So your ability to handle that uncertainty and have it being as normal or as comfortable in terms of, you know, pass the salt, then that's that's really the defining characteristic that I see as entrepreneurs. But when it comes to surrender, there's there are different ways of hearing. And I want to sort of, uh, I guess, put a backdrop on this of what I would call different levels of consciousness. Now, when you speak about consciousness, a lot of people can get caught up in you know, or wrap around the axle about the, the different levels of, of meaning around that. Because it can be a little nebulous. You know, on one side of the fence, you've got the, the biologist Newtonian paradigm that still believe the outdated and unproven model that is a biological byproduct of brain function, which it never has been, never will be. You know, that's like a, saying a television creates its own programs. Whereas, you know, a, uh, on the other side of the fence, you've got the extreme of the esotericism sort of, you know, sit around, sing, come by R and, and, you know, give it up to the divine without any associations to what you think that is. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, you've got to. So I want to sort of bring it down a little bit. Yeah, your, your level of conscious awareness is really the level of emotional maturity and spiritual maturity that you bring to the table. And um, you can call it a vibrational match. You can call it uh, depending on, on what level of experience you've had. But yeah, uh, if you go from the sort of lowest level, the victim mode of what I call you know sort of to me, where everything happens to me, and you're into the blame game. Uh, right up to the spiritual level of, of unity or oneness where you, know, you see yourself in everything and you have non-duality. You know, and there's a, there's a whole gambit between that. But depending on where you sit on that, that journey, that progressive level, the word surrender is going to come in at different levels of meaning. If you're in a lower vibrational aspect or lower state of consciousness, you're going to hear the word surrender from a place of acquiesce, from a place of giving up, from a place of being dominated. Yeah, you turn around to a U.S. Marine and say, what is his association to the word surrender? I've got news for you, right? He's not going to apply it in business. Yes. Right? <laughs> right? It's like no effing way. So, yeah, the, that's if you're coming from a place of force. If you're trying to force your outcome, surrender means you're giving up. But if you're coming from a place of power, if you're coming from a place of flowing with the river of life rather than swimming against the current, then you can come from a place of surrendering uh, to a place of where you're allowing yourself to be taken from something that's greater than you by right? a, a benevolent power, a benevolent level of understanding where you trust in life, the universe, yeah, God, doesn't matter what label you put onto it. Our next guest is the one, the only Mr. Paul Check. This was a seven hour day. And I truly mean that seven hours at the Heaven House here in San Diego. The podcast was three hours long. We split it into three parts. It's been one of our top downloaded shows ever. And we started in episode 226, we unfolded that podcast, and we went to so many different exciting places, physical and emotional intelligence, organic nutrition, and what the world needs now, why so many people are disconnecting, and how we can actually reconnect with ourselves. Do not miss this three-part series with Paul Check. You can start it at 226, so make sure you check out episode 226 for all three episodes in our special three-part series with the one and only Paul Check. In the evolution of man as we know it, the things that were nourishing to us was singing, dancing. I mean, if you go see a real shaman, there's generally four or five key questions they're going to ask you to find out really what the cause of your disease or your problem is. One, when did you stop singing? 
Two, when did you stop dancing? Three, when did you stop enjoying stories? Stories. We used to sit around campfires and tell stories to entertain ourselves. We didn't have television. We had each other. This is why podcasting is coming back so strong. Sure, because we're telling, we're telling stories. We're using oral transmission again. You don't have to read and memorize piles of shit. And when you hear a good podcast, it sticks to you. It lights something up in your heart. Yeah, it sticks to you because it sticks to your soul. You hear truth and it makes your whole body vibrate. So when did you stop singing? When did you stop dancing? When did you stop enjoying stories? When did you stop enjoying being alone with yourself? That's a major issue. And when did you lose your sense of magic and mystery for the awe of life? Well, look how much depression we have in the world today. People are so caught up in what they can, they live based on what gadgets they can buy, what tricks they can, how cool their car is, what their clothes look like, this fad, that fad, this click. But what I'm saying is those questions are the questions of people that lived on the earth, that worshiped the animals. They're, they had ceremonial procedures where the shaman would connect to the oversoul of the moose or to the buffalo or to the deer or whatever they were hunting and ask permission to bring that into their bodies. And this was a spiritual, there was deep respect. And now what are we doing? We're slaughtering the hell out of animals in mass. We're poisoning them, we're drugging them, we're raising them in boxes so they don't even get to move. I mean, this is like that we have reached the level of technological unconsciousness where we think we're so smart, we don't realize how stupid we are. I mean, the definition I give for an expert is someone who knows more and more about less and less until they know absolutely everything about nothing, and we're there. But the key point that I'm driving at is, if you look at what, like when, if you were in a native society, you would have idolized the warriors. They would have been the most amazing people, and the chief would, would have been like the god. And the chief's wife would have been the one really running the show. I mean, all chief's powers are divided by the number of women in his tent. And that's a fact. And if a man hasn't figured that out yet, he's stoned. And not in a good way. So we, we would have grown up carving things and learning how to work with the animals or how to make tools or ways to make our life more efficient. How to catch fish, how to weave a net, how to make clothes, how to how to do things where we actually got a tangible result. Like, wow, imagine making your first pair of pants out of leather. How cool that That'd would be. That'd be so cool. And imagine your first hunt and being initiated. We have no rites of initiation. So we have all these adults that are still acting like children, except instead of the hind tit, it's the ATM or the video game. But I'm driving at a deeper issue here. When you look at the close connection and the close weave and the deep respect for nature and the deep connection to each other, we needed each other, right? A tribe is a tribe because you can't survive in nature alone. It's too dangerous and it's too hard going. So we had each other. We had a respect for nature, a connection to nature. We got emotional fulfillment by eating the food that we gathered or the food that we hunted or the food that we cultivated, there was a deep sense of, of gratitude and grace because we would grind our own grains by hand, which was a stone. It was from the earth. So everything that we got came from the sun, the moon, the earth, the environment. And it was as though we were 
one with it all. Our next guest is Jerry Powell, the entrepreneur and founder of Rhythmia Life Advancement Center. Many of you know that Wellness Force has a very special relationship with Rhythmia. And in this episode, Jerry actually talks about some of the myths and common misconceptions about plant medicine. Plant medicine has been one of my most powerful tools. It is not for everyone, though. And if this episode preview with Jerry sparks curiosity for you, be sure to look at episode 185. Actually, 185 through 188, we did four podcasts from Rhythmia. So if this episode with Jerry sparks curiosity in you, go to episode 185 for the full show. So then we look at how people perceive plant medicine in our current society. What are the things that people get totally wrong about uh, plant medicine? Uh, well, you, you know, the, the truth is, is that if you turn on the internet and you, you watch somebody uh, getting well or getting sick, depending on where you're watching from, yeah, it's scary shit. It is scary shit. And if you think it's not, it's false advertising because it is scary shit. And this, the thing that's scary about it is uh, the monster under the bed has been you the whole time. And to come face to face with that is some hard shit. Yeah. And plant medicine is the conduit to that end. So people are afraid of it and they should be. Uh, if you want to stay in the dark and keep going through life and complaining and redundant problems and all this shit and you're fucking, you love it, then this isn't the fucking place for you and plant medicine isn't your recipe. I think a lot of people consider it to be a drug, but you know what? So is television, so is pornography. Oh, yeah. So sure. is overworking, so is Absolutely. trying to get more money to fill a hole inside Absolutely. of you that has a bottomless pit. Absolutely. Uh, and that was your story. Again, people can look that up online, but this transition point, Jerry, like, uh, was it that one night with the moon? Was that the moment or had there been ceremonies that led you up to that point? So, no, that was the, the moon was the start and this is what I say to people. The truth about life is that life is fucking hard. Life is hard. There's the raw facts. Everybody you know and you is going to die. And and it starts out, the deaths are very uh, few and far between. As you get older, they get fast and furious. And it's a sad fucking event. Life is. And what was the question? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is the truth. The question was, you know, you, you went to this transition uh -huh, point. Okay, you had all so, these ceremonies, so, right? So here's the thing. Yeah. I spent my whole life running from that fact. Mm. You, you, you know it's in the back of your head. I don't care how stupid you are. Nobody wants to talk about if we're going to die. You can, you can, but you watch and you see what happens. And I spent my whole life running from it. And I tried to fuck it away. I tried to drink it away. I tried to smoke it away. I tried to do all this shit to get it the fuck to go away. Yeah. Instead of just being with it. And that night in the moon, that night in the moon, flipped that. So from then on. It's still been the same fucking life. I've lost friends. There's been financial hardships. My mother's taken ill. It's still the same fucking shit life, right? Except there's love in it and there's mm. beauty in it and there's peace in it. And it's, uh, it's a hard thing to explain to people because, you know, people want it to not be what it is. And, and that's kind of like, it's kind of like, I don't know, being locked up in prison and not wanting to be there. Well, it doesn't fucking matter what you want. This is where you are for the moment. Yeah. And and so so the beauty about plant medicine is that it's if you take a look at your life and this is what we do a survey 6 months after folks are here and their whole life is going on a particular trajectory and plant medicine done right if they got their miracle, it changes the trajectory of their life. 
and that's the yeah. that's the that is the 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 thing that we're mining for that we're shooting for that we're drilling for however you look at it and and that's the beautiful part so what starts out i mean the the week after this thing happened to me i didn't even know what the fuck i, I didn't know what was what yeah. and i had no support and i had no nothing and i you know it it was a long road from then it was it was actually two weeks of near suicidal thoughts after after I saw the moon the first time. You worked with Dr. Jeff for four years after that. I was with Jeff four years before it. Before that. Before it. And he's dynamite. He's dynamite yeah. at it. You know, we had the pleasure of sitting with him, and we're going to share his message as well. Uh, he's yeah. such a good dude. He's mm-hmm. a he's an incredibly good dude, and he loved you. He said to me, you're going to love this guy. But the real work is what you did before. So living your life upset and sad and can't find the right woman and can't get out of a financial loop and can't fucking find peace with your family and you always have one fucking crazy aunt who's going to fight with or some shit like that. That's the hard work. Going through job to job to job and the jobs you love don't pay and the jobs that pay you don't love. That's fucking, that's hard. Then to go through all that in one night to see it shift and where you can go back and look and see the joy in all of that. And then that's the thing that changes. And when that changes that changes the core of how you feel. And and this is where it gets a little fucking new agey and I don't like this shit, but it's true. That changes the core of how you feel and then how you vibrate creates this world around you that's different than the world before. The next podcast is with my brother, Kyle Kingsbury. We're talking about anything you could imagine for human optimization live in Los Angeles just a few days after he was on the Joe Rogan podcast. We talked about breath work, hedonic calendaring, and plant medicine from a different angle where Kyle shows us that he is the true definition of a spiritual warrior. This guy is a wellness warrior from his teeth to his toes. I know you're going to love this podcast with Kyle, and you can learn more about him in episode 219 for the full show. My logical mind's like, oh yeah, just just forgive. It doesn't mean forget. Yeah, it doesn't mean that you're going to allow somebody to do the same thing to you that caused you the pain. Yeah, that's uh, that's funny. I have W George W. Bush fucking up the fool me once. Like, well, you ain't going to fool me again. <laughs> that was so good. <laughs> well, you're going to fool me again. But that's it's like that, right? Like you don't don't forget it, right? right and there's yeah, people yeah. there's there's people that are fucking super close to me in my family, and I've learned to love them at a distance. Right. That's okay too. I don't have to, I can set boundaries. I can, I can know what that means. I can know that I don't have to loan people money that I know it's not going to come back. If I give it to them, I give it to them. I mean, there's, there's a million ways you can play that out, you know, but ultimately forgiveness is just about, it's about you as much as it is about the person, right? It's about me letting go of that thing that's bothering me because holding that inside just fucks you up. Right, it'll eat you away. The longer you have that, the perception of higher power, higher intelligence, God, Buddha—it's been like a touchy word for you. You've mentioned like the word God. How would you actually describe that? Like, what is God to you? It's it's well, it's indescribable, right? It's the thing that can't be named, right? It's the nameless. And I think um, it was funny. I had an ayahuasca vision where uh, it was three nights in a row, and on the third night, going into the third night, I was chatting with a friend who was in ceremony with me, and. Um, I was laughing about this depiction in the West of a white bearded God, you know, who's white skinned and sits on a fucking golden throne with the pearly gates and all this shit, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, third night comes and in comes like a Simpsons caricature of God, 
with a yellow face and a white beard and a white robe. And I just started laughing. I was like, oh, here's God. And God held his hands out and just fucking blasted me with so much love. And I felt it coming in through everything. I I was too much. I leaned my head back and drank it in. It went down my throat in every part of my body. And I was like, no. That was God to me. Mm. That love. When was that? Man, I think a year and a half ago. Yeah. yeah. And it's still that powerful. Yeah. And this is this is a testament to your work, bro. And before I ask you the last question, like for all the people that have just felt you so strongly on this podcast, when it comes to the amounts that they get to explore, you know, Jamie Wheel calls it the hedonic calendaring. Um, <laughs> what is your what is your calendaring for this for people yeah. that take it slow? It's not for everyone. Do your research. This is not advice, but just in Kyle's life, what's your hedonic calendaring? So I, I mind pump asked me this once, and I laughed because if I had a hedonic calendar, would not say that on a podcast. Like, hey, June fifteenth, I'm uh, microdosing LSD. <laughs> you know where? Yeah, yeah. I would say, um, you know, I I haven't done ayahuasca this year. I definitely feel called to do it again. But we're gonna go at the end of July to Peru to Don Howard's place with Aubrey and my wife and a number of other people, and and that will be for Wachuma to work with that medicine for a few days. I like a couple times a year, really you know, getting to leave and go to, to work with medicine elsewhere. Um, I also like maybe quarterly doing a heroic dose of psilocybin mushrooms. Um, it's a more accessible thing. I don't have to go to the Amazon for that. And it can be every bit as powerful when, Mm -hmm. you know, now I have enough, enough, um, experience with ayahuasca and with psilocybin and thanks to my coach and things of that nature where I can work with that in a way where it's just as transformative. And, um, but you know, microdosing, you know, I ran, uh, in the psychedelic explorers guy with Jim Fadiman, he talks about the every fourth day protocol. And, um, we did that for about two months with a, with a microdose LSD and it was transformative. It was really beneficial for me. Now it's, it's more intermittent, you know, it might be once a week or once every other week or. Our next to last guest is the CEO of on it and the author of Own the Day, Own Your Life, Mr. Aubrey Marcus. You know, Aubrey reminds us that we always have this power to move on from the past. We are not the same people that we were just five minutes ago, and especially not as we move into 2019. The person you were in 2018 is completely different. In this clip with Aubrey, we explore his mission to help people really, truly own their lives and own their day by giving people the tools to transform work relationships and wellness. This is the leader of the Onnit Empire. Make sure you go to episode 196 for the full show with Aubrey Marcus. There's this section in your book where you talk about forgiveness, but really um, there was an underscore of permission. You were driving home. I think you were 34 at the time and you had this crazy day where you put out all these yeah. fires and you just said out loud while you're driving, good job, Aubrey. You did a really good job today. And you said it was like this energy that you felt that expanded you and you started to cry from it. It was like the first time in your whole life you had given yourself this good job, Aubrey sentence. Can you take us there? What was that? Even, I mean, even thinking about it now, I mean, obviously I wrote it in the book, but I still don't do that enough. You know what I mean? Like that, that just hit home for me now because I've been I've been launching this book and it's just one thing to the next thing. And you think about all the mistakes that you made and you think about all the ways that you could have done it better and, and all the parts of my relationship where I fucked it up. And, and, uh, and it's real easy to be just self-critical, 
you know, but that was a key moment for me where I'd almost never said that before. And still now I rarely say it. And so like hearing you say it and then internalizing that in my head, you know, that's the first time in two weeks that I've said it. And it's just, it's nice. It's yeah. necessary to have that kind of positive reinforcement. We can't just be that asshole coach of ourselves that only points out our mistakes and only points out when we screw things up. You know, we also have to be in balance. And when we do a good job, you're like, hey, good job, man. Well done. And I think yeah. that's really, really important to balance out those forces. Yeah, man. And this coach inside of all of us, uh, the inner critic, it can be empowering, but then it has a limit, right? And and this is unique for all of us because there are some people that they're just kind of spiritually bypassing all the time. And they're like, you know, I don't want to have any bad vibes. I never want to feel bad vibes. It's good vibes only. I know that's complete bullshit in my own life. Yeah. It's, it's the exploration yeah. of these deeper states of emotions that really unwind and unravel the greatest levels of joy. If we're not willing, I remember last year you said, you know, if your spirituality is tinfoil and you're not being tested then how are you ever supposed to feel what it really feels like to love deeply, to be in joy and ecstasy if you haven't gone to the darkest, most scariest places? Can you talk a little bit about that contrast? I think you always, anytime you have fear, fear is like a, it's like a blanket. It's like a virus that you have. Like, you know, when, when you're sick and you're carrying a sickness, you just don't have enough energy. Like, yeah, all right, you can summon enough. Maybe you can play a basketball game when you're sick, but you're going to be fucking exhausted. You know, like you're, everything is just dampened. And as long as we're carrying the virus of sickness with us and never curing it, we're never going to have the ability to reach the highs because we're not well. We're carrying an illness inside us. So only by going into the darkness, by going into fear, overcoming it, even if just temporarily, are we able to shed ourselves of that weight and that baggage so that we can fly and soar and actually surrender to who we really are, which is love and abundance and fucking happiness. You know, it's not like we're going outward to find that. That's all inside. Yeah. You know, it's just curing ourselves of the sickness, which is the fear and the delusion that it creates. You write about the psychologist aspect. There's four keys for compelling positive actions, knowing what to do and how to do it, believing it'll work, power of belief again, uh, seeing the value and then getting support from your family and tribe. You give so many tactics and tips and just really well-vetted practices for human optimization. But yet without these four, man, without these four keys, none of those things can be implemented for the long term. Can you talk a little Mm -hmm. bit about those four keys and how those kind of underlace all these practices? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to convince the mind. You know, you can't you can't bypass the mind solely with mental override. Our last guest is from my friend, powerful speaker, and the author of Conscious Communications, Mary Shores. This woman is on a mission to really help people clear themselves from financial debt and feel good about it. And in this clip, we learn how to stop the negative thought patterns, these negative loops, in order to rewrite our story and live this story to its fullest, which is exactly what we're doing together in 2019. Make sure you go to episode 191 to hear the entire conversation with the one and only Mary Shores. Meeting people where they are in this current reality, but yet giving them the step-by-step process of exploring the other two worlds, the subconscious and the spirit. What do you believe about these mechanisms that are worth mentioning at least for synaptic forming? 
meeting people where they are certainly means that wherever you're you're at right now in your personal life or your professional life, you know, a lot of times we compare ourselves to someone else. And meeting yourself where you're at means like wherever you're at, if you're in a deep, deep, dark hole and the thing that you need is just to see the light, then that's where you're at. And your focus needs to just be on how can I get myself, how can I build a ladder to get out of this dark hole so that I can see the light. But maybe you're, maybe that's not what you're, where you're at. Maybe you're already where you want to be and your, your thing is, I just want to get to my next thing. Like I want to have a spiritual awakening or I want to get to the next level in my career, or maybe I want to make a change. So it's like, that's what I mean by meeting where you're at. The thing about the synapses I think is pretty awesome and, and how you connect that to like words. The way I picture it, it's almost like when you plant a new seed in your mind and you can feed that seed to grow into neural networks to replace the old ones. A lot of times people in the space of new thought leadership that I'm working in, they'll talk about limiting beliefs. And I actually call them barrier beliefs because to me, it's like it builds a brick wall in between you and the person you want to be. Yeah. And the thing is that those walls are created from the programming and all of the already established neural networks that are connected together by synapses that are most likely from our childhood. And these they used to call that being hardwired in. And of course, we no longer believe that because we know we know now that we can build a new neural network. And I think that somehow we've been led to believe that creating a new new neural network actually takes like years of psychotherapy that you have to rewrite old beliefs. But the truth is to me, what I have found to be true is I just have to stop feeding those old beliefs and plant the seeds of new beliefs, the belief I want to have, and then water those seeds. I love this garden analogy. The brain is truly a garden. I mean, if you look at the microbes, we had Josh to on the show in a handful of dirt, Mary, there are billions of microbes, the same ones that are structured in our gut. And then we know how much there is a gut to brain connection and how we feel. I'm thinking about the real reason though, why beliefs stay stuck. Why do you think that is? Why do beliefs stay stuck and how do we begin to loosen those? Well, the reason they stay stuck is because they're wired that way. So let's say, for example, like, you know, you know, you have a friend, I'm going to describe a situation. If you were to call one of your girlfriends or something right away, you know who you're going to call and she's going to immediately start complaining about her day. Totally. I'm sure you have a friend like this, I right? Think we all, everyone's raising their hand, Mary. Everyone's raising them. their hand. Great. So like, why is that? Why is it that she always does that? How can you how can you predict the fact that if you call Molly or Betty or whoever it is, you know, she's going to like, oh, my boss did this. Can you believe it? Or, yeah. you know, oh, I just got a speeding ticket. Like, how do you know that about her? You can do you know it because you've recognized her patterns. So her pattern is she's a complainer. That means that she runs a program in her subconscious that leads her to believe that that there's more things negative in her life that she's verbalizing to actually create more negativity in her life. Because every time she's verbalizing those complaints, what she's doing is she's strengthening that neural network in her subconscious brain that is just creating more of what she doesn't want. Hey, my friend, thank you for hanging out and growing with me today. Everything you learned on this podcast starts with your morning practices. So from over 200 world-class guests and counting, we've distilled the gems, the best of the best science-backed practices down into a 21-minute morning system guaranteed to increase the positive flow in your day. Get this free and powerful 21-minute life-changing system over at wellnessforce.com forward slash M21. 
If you enjoyed this episode, tap your phone, share it with someone you care about because that is how we all get better together. Supporting the show is easy. Leave us a five-star review right now from your phone. It helps us reach other smart and conscious people like you. Either tap your phone and hit the link in purple that says review this podcast or go to wellnessforce.com forward slash review. And this show doesn't stop here. We're continuing the discovering process in our private Facebook group. You can be a part of it. All you have to do is go to wellnessforce.com forward slash group and I'll welcome you at the door. Okay, now you get to go out into your world and live your life well. So until I see you again real soon, I'm wishing you love and wellness 